Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Burns and Gambo starts now. Straight up to the claw. On this Wednesday afternoon, good afternoon and welcome into today's edition of the Burns and Gambo Show here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. My name is Dave Burns alongside the one, the only, Sean Gambadoro. Hi, Gambo. Burnsy, what's going on? Bryce Harper is what's going Whoa, on. Oh, he is, he is on fire. He's, Lance he's hitting Mc, those home runs. Lance McCullers telegraphing what pitch he's about to throw is what's going on. Yeah, because he went up to Alec, you know, Alec Baum, Bryce Harper calls him over and he whispers something to him. And the next pitch, Baum hits a home run. Baum hits a bomb. Uh, it's a bomb and they were all hitting home runs. The Phillies, let's go Phils. Yeah, let's go Phils. Let's go Phils. Suarez was great. That bullpen's been great. Harper hit another home run. He's been great. Reese Hoskins, his wife, is buying everybody beer in Philadelphia. You get it, beer. Everybody's yeah. They asked him after the game. I guess we've got to keep this up because whatever it takes to win, man. Yeah, his wife was buying everybody beers. Mitch, you were going to jump in with something? So you mentioned the whole tipping pitches thing, with which McCullers said no to. But did either of you guys see what was trending around on Twitter that Randy Johnson, his entire career, apparently tipped his pitches? It didn't matter. He was, exactly. His pitches were so good. Yeah, His I, whole career, it's just like closed glove, it's the fastball. Open glove a little bit, yeah. it's off speed. <laughs> I'm going to tell you what's coming, and you're not going to hit it. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to close my glove. I'm going to open my glove. It doesn't matter because I'm Randy Johnson and you're not and you can't hit this and that's that. Yeah, it's uh, the tipping pitches thing was was because everybody everybody saw the internet. Everybody saw the play. Everybody saw Bryce Harper yeah, whisper something hey, to Alec hey, Baum. for this. When he does this, he's going to throw you a fastball. Yep. Just telling you right now. Uh, he's just, tipping. What a game for the Phillies. Seven yeah. nothing. Seven uh, nothing. A bullpen. The Phillies bullpen has been lights out. If they can take care of business tonight, then the Houston That's Astros tough. are probably not going to win this World Series, and that will make me very, 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 very happy. happy. Yeah, Very happy indeed. Speaking of happy and joy, let's spread some on this Wednesday afternoon here on Burns and Gambo. Burns and Gambo, the weigh-in. Brought to you by Revitalize Weight Loss. Chris Paul between the circles of the ball. Drives left side, keeps coming, fires it in the corner to Cam Johnson. A three. Suzanne is seven. He has 29 points. And that's why uh, Jay Crowder's not a starter for the Phoenix Suns That's why anymore. Jay Crowder's not a starter. What a game by Cam Johnson. He was fantastic oh, last night. He was night. knocking down everything. He had a fantastic game. One of his best games as a pro. The Suns take care of business. They beat Minnesota. Little hiccup with the bench in the fourth quarter. We'll get to that later. But the story was Cam and McHale. The story was Devin Booker was in foul trouble. Chris Paul's not hitting any three-point shots. Cam Johnson and Mikael Bridges. They had the Twin Towers over in Minnesota, Rudy Gobert and Carl Anthony Towns. But it was the Suns twins that dominated that game. Mikael Bridges was spectacular. Cam Johnson was great. It was a fun game to watch. I wanted to see if Minnesota could give them a challenge. They really were not on the same level as the Phoenix Suns at all. And it was uh, it was Cam and Mikael leading the way. Yeah, Cam Johnson's 29 points. He made seven threes. He was 10 of 17 from the floor. He had three assists. He had three steals. He had a block. And you mentioned Mikel, and it absolutely was about Mikel, too. It was about the Twins, as they're known as. Cam Johnson, after the game, talked about how his team, man, even when he's struggling, he gets the green light to shoot whenever, wherever, however. After I missed those first three shots, they're like, what are you, like, I came off a handoff and didn't shoot it. They're like, what are you doing? Like, they looked at me like I was stupid. I was like, all right, guys, like, I get the memo. Like, I tell you guys all the time, it's really 
helpful as a shooter when you have coaches and people that encourage you to take the next shot, even if you're 0 for 10. You know what I mean? But you know what? It was more than just the 29. And I know the 29, and, oh, wow, 29 points, he had seven three-pointers, and that's a big deal. It's when you've got a guy who can shoot like that and who can move like that, when you put a Carl Anthony Towns on him, and you can can't watch cover him. Can't cover him. You can can't watch play him. after play, cut up after cut up mm-hmm. of that game last night. Man, they're putting Carl Anthony Towns in a blender, right? They're spinning him around everywhere, switching, screening. He can't keep up with a guy like Cam Johnson, and that's why you start a player like him because of the defensive mismatches it creates. As it, long as he can hold his own defensively, then you create such options for yourself on the other side of the floor. Rudy Gobert made no impact on that game Zero. at all. He didn't even have 10 rebounds. He didn't get his first point until he had a free throw like in the fourth quarter, and he didn't get it. He didn't score any baskets. So you didn't get anything offensively out of Rudy Gobert. Carl Anthony Towns got some points. He hit some shots, but defensively, he was terrible. What I liked about this game, you look at the second half. They open up the second half. It's 54-47. to 47. Mikhail hits a three-pointer. Then Mikhail hits a floater. Then Mikhail takes a pass from Paul and hits a jumper. You had seven straight points by Mikhail Bridges. Then Cam hits a three-pointer. Then Cam hits a wide-open corner three a little bit later on. They're up by 17. Mikhail scores off a putback. It's 81-69. You go to the fourth quarter when they come back in. One of the first baskets when the starters came back in. Cam Johnson, three-pointer off a pass from Buck. Mikhail hits two free throws. Cam hits another three-pointer. Mikhail scores two baskets, one off a pass from Cam. It was their night. Like oh, yeah. It was their night. They were not going to let the Suns lose. Booker was not himself. He was in foul trouble the whole game. And the Suns just proved, listen, if Booker and Paul, we're still fine. We can still win a game if Booker and Paul combined don't have a great game. Well, look, and this is why every time we watch Chris Paul struggle, and I want to talk about him in just a minute, but I want to say this first. Every time we watch Chris Paul struggle to score the basketball and we have a conversation Conversation about how far the Suns can go when Chris Paul struggles to score the basketball. You look at nights like last night and you say, okay, that's the plan, right? That that's that's where they're counting on getting the points back that they lose when Chris can't shoot or doesn't shoot or the shot's not falling for him. And they're prepping themselves because last year we all saw it with our own eyes during the playoffs, right? They trapped Book, they took the ball out of his hands, Chris Paul couldn't hit water if he fell out of a boat, and the Suns had no other options. None. They were stifled by the their own limitations offensively. You can clearly see what they're trying to build towards even after seven games. Let's make Cam more of an option. Let's make Mikel more of an option. Let's give ourselves more choices offensively so that when Book, you're right, Book had a really quiet night last night. He came back in. He picked up his fifth foul. He was gone. Landry Shamit was out there for most of the important minutes in the fourth quarter. It didn't matter. When you've got guys picking up the slack, that's the plan. That's part of the operation. That's what they're going for. Now, having said that, I'll say this about Chris, and I know we're going to talk about him a little later. From like the six-and-a-half-minute mark until about two minutes left in the game, that was Chris Paul. Yeah, 15-foot basket, three-pointer, a, a jumper. So he hits a jumper, makes it 96-88. Either scored or assisted yeah. on every uh, yeah. basket mm-hmm. they scored except for one from about the six-and-a-half minute to about the minute-and-a-half yeah. mark of that game. That was Chris Paul. He just took that game over. Offensively, at least. Yeah, he 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 scored the majority of his points in that stretch right there, kind of proving with Book out that, hey, if I have to do it, I can do it. If I right. have to, I will. But in the meantime, I've got these other guys that are getting involved. It was 
they they really took it to Minnesota last night. I mean, I was looking forward to seeing how Minnesota was going to pay. Rudy Gobert, again, no impact on the game whatsoever. Anthony Edwards had a little brief spot where he hit a couple of threes, but I was D'Lo was terrible. Oh, my God, oh my God he was terrible. He was almost unplayably bad last night. He only got like 20 minutes. I, I, he he listen, was minus 20 in 22 minutes. Here's my bold prediction. He's not going to end up being a starter on this team. He's not going to end up being a star. They're going to put him on the bench. I think that might happen sooner than later. I mean, I mean even he, Carl Anthony Towns ended up with a nice line in the box score. He wasn't doing anything in no. that game for about the first two and a half, three quarters, right? I, I mean, he was a non-him. Now, the one thing I didn't like about last night's game, that bench was awful to start the fourth quarter. They they came in, and I, we'll talk about this a little bit mm-hmm. more later, I know, but that, I mean, they coughed up that lead. I mean, gave Monty, Monty recognized it and got him out. Got him out quick. I mean, they, TNT guys, came back from guys, a timeout, yeah. and it was like, oh, the starters are back out yep, there. Yeah, you bet your butt they're back out yeah. there. They need to be back well, out there. Well, they had to. At that point, it was a two-point game. Two-point game, and he brings back Mikhail, Biz, Book, Paul. How about, how about Biz Mac Biombo? Hey. Just like just steady Eddie, man, baby. Steady Eddie. Man, he is. 30 minutes last night. His numbers aren't going to wow you. How many block yeah. shots did he have? He had four block shots. Four, four block shots. Eight points. Yeah, he was. I mean, he, just the, it's the presence. It's the defensive presence, the rim protection, the shot blocking. I mean, you know, a lot of the numbers, the, the shot blocking is what's standing out to me. I mean, he is like, I love the JaVel McGee as a rim protector. Bismack Biombo, man, I, I'm impressed. Yeah. He's, he, he gets an opportunity to play. He takes full advantage. Monty after the game, good and back to McKell and Cam. It gives us balance when those guys are playing that way. And it wasn't forced. You know, it wasn't like they were pounding the ball and jacking up shots. They were slashing. They were spacing. I thought McKell, his his slashing tonight was just phenomenal. Cam Johnson's last three games, 16 points, 19 points, 29 points. He's averaging about 21 and a half per game. It was the right move to make him a starter. It was. It was the right move. It was. He's not going to rebound the basketball like Jay does. He's not a rebounder. He's not a rebounder. I mean, even last night, he didn't get his first rebound. It's like very, very late in the game. Yeah. He's not a rebounder. But, man, does he give them another option in that starting lineup. If if Book and Paul aren't, are not are off, he gives them an opportunity to score and, and basketball. Make no mistake. Defensively, they will exploit him at times. He will get exploited, depending on the right or yeah, the, depending depending on the, the, size the wrong of the guy matchup. That right. up yeah. against. If, depending on how big and how skilled the guy is going up against. It didn't yeah. hurt them last night. Carl Anthony Towns really wasn't able to make them pay for that but last the night. But there will role, be a night when it comes. The power forward role in the NBA has changed a lot. Oh, yeah, it's... That, you know, the big, bulky, strong, like there's a couple of them out there. Like he may have a hard time going up against, I don't know, a Julius Randle or something. But there's not, the power forward is not what it was in, in past years. You can get by with a slender, skinnier shooter at the four now than you could in previous years. Yeah, yeah, you can. So, Suns, uh, next up for them, back to back home games against the Damian Lillard lists Portland Trailblazers uh, on Friday and on Saturday. Hey, did you see there was a Dario sighting last night? Five minutes. Wow. Made his one shot. One only one and only shot that he took. Yeah, I, I still Who's don't know guy? what's going on. Hey, look, here's Dario. Yeah. He's he's five minutes. Five minutes. You I, got it. I don't I don't know what I have no idea what's going on there. None. It's Me either. Not a clue. No. Still have my theory, but I don't know what's going on there. Text the word DEVILS to 620-620. your chance to win VIP field and tailgate passes to see ASU take on Oregon State, courtesy of Bar S. Again, text the word DEVILS 
the 620-620. The trade deadline came and went, and even though the Cardinals didn't make a move on the deadline, they still made a move. How does the NFL media view their move compared to everybody else? Grades being handed out. We'll tell you what the Cardinals got next on the Burns and Gambo Show. Burns and Gambo. Afternoons on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. All right, before we uh, talk about the grades that were handed out today, um, let's talk about a roster move that was made by the Cardinals real quickly because there is uh, a player that was added and a player who apparently their season is done or at least on pause. Cardinals added some defensive line depth today. They claimed Tristan Hill from the Dallas Cowboys after the Cowboys released him on Tuesday. This move just came down in the last moment or two. Um they claimed him. There were reports that the Cardinals were seeking a trade for Hill this week, but instead they waited and they were able to get him through a waiver claim. He was a second round pick for Dallas in 2019. The corresponding move, Daryl Williams, who had just returned from a knee injury, was put on injured reserve. Ooh, the okay. backup running back hurt his hip against the Vikings. Multiple reports, including one from our own Tyler Drake, indicates that Williams was seen on crutches during the open in locker room session. So with James Conner still a question mark going forward, one would assume it's another Eno, Keontae Ingram. Kind of now, Williams played this last week yes, against Vikings, and obviously he he hurt the hip, so now we're kind of back to running back three and four on the list. Or yeah, two and, and you four. wonder if he'll even make it back, right, with a hip injury like that, and you're, you're halfway through the season, you wonder if he'll make it back at all. Um, they do have depth at the running back. They're hopeful to get James Conner back, you know, soon. Uh, you've got Eno, you got Keontae. I don't know if they'll add another running back. I wouldn't think so, but uh, you know, not great news. D-Will was a guy they got on the cheap. Federal guy, experienced guy, was good with Kansas City, could catch the ball out of the backfield, 1,000-plus yards combined, and he just, again, another one of those guys that, you know, that just, uh, with with the health situation and not being able to play, it's it's really hurt. And then, of course, with the Tristan Hill addition, obviously Richard Lawrence on injured reserve, Cardinals looking for another body, kind of in the middle of their defensive line, to give them some rotational depth there. Um, and so that was the move made by the Cardinals today. We'll look at the injury report coming up in a little bit as they start this big three-game stretch of nothing but NFC West opponents that will define their season. I mean, this it's it's been coined the last stand, and is it is absolutely the last stand for them to do something significant in these next three games. The question now becomes, how much is Robbie Anderson, one of the questions, how much is Robbie Anderson going to help with that over the next several weeks? Cliff Kingsbury today, we've got a lot of Cliff Kingsbury sound we'll get to later in the show, but we wanted to play this here. He was asked the question if integrating Robbie Anderson is taking longer than expected. Here's what he said. No, not at all. It's just in season. I mean, there's not a lot of teach time. There's more game plan time and getting ready for the opponent. So it's just uh, kind of the nature of the situation there at that position. ESPN.com, NFL.com, Gambo decided it was time to grade all the moves that was made yesterday on the trade deadline and the moves leading up to the trade deadline. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how you don't have an incomplete right now on Robbie Anderson, but okay. Yeah. Yeah, what do what what they got? Uh, NFL.com gave the Arizona Cardinals a D-plus for Robbie Anderson. Yeah, maybe because they didn't use him. Like, <laughs> hey, you, got, you traded for 
Robbie Anderson, and then your coaches didn't put him in the game. Like, uh, what's going on? Here's a guy that's had 1,000 yards receiving just a couple of years ago. He's got 368 catches. He had 95 catches in 2020 for Carolina. 95 catches in one season, over 1,000 yards, and, like, you don't want to play him. Like, oh, we got to get him used to it. We got to Come on, man. You can't develop packages to get him in there and take advantage of? Like, he's a good wide receiver. He's a good wide receiver. He's a good size. Like, the fact that A.J. Green was playing more than him makes absolutely no sense. Everybody knows it. Doesn't so you want to give him a D plus? I'll give him a D plus because they didn't use him. They didn't use him. I mean, I, if, if Robbie Anderson would have played and contributed, that score is not a, that grade's not a D plus right now. It's a better grade than that. Yeah, you know, because here's a guy who's had success as a receiver in this league, and it just you got him. You had the mini buy. We all thought he'd be up to task. You'd, you'd find enough plays where he could, you know, get get involved in the offense. And he wasn't involved in the offense. Uh, you're 100 percent right. I, I agree with everything. Um, ESPN, for what it's worth, gave him a C minus on the acquisition of Robbie Anderson. But again, I, I think there's there's really a feeling from you and from me that, that you know, A.J. Green, look, the game against the Viking or the Saints, A.J. Green's standing on the sideline, not doesn't playing. even have his helmet. He's not going into that game. He's not going to play. It's very obvious to Only everyone position watching. position player that didn't play. He's not going to play in that game. Then he gets five times as many snaps as the guy that you went out and right. acquired. And how many catches did he have in the game? None. Zero. None. Was he targeted like, twice, right. I think, in that so game? So was that, was, I mean, are you, are you really thinking about your clip like, I'm going to play AJ Green like half the half the amount of snaps, but he's not going to have a catch. Why? Why? Well, I even play him. I know. Why not give Why not give uh, Robbie Anderson an opportunity with those snaps? See what he can do. He's younger. He's fast. You know, he's he's looking for an opportunity to prove himself. He's hungry. He's and, hungry. And there's just look, there's a there's a desperation that's kind of lacking to all of this. You know, this whole operation, right? It's like, okay, y- y'all understand, right? Like your season's kind of on the brink here. You know, we're we're kind of at this moment where it's now, or and when we get to the cliff sound later, I mean, there there are sound bites from Cliff today when he met with the media, which he expressed like we understand, we get that we're like at this moment here. Where we got to start winning games, or it's not going to happen for us. But the way they handled the Robbie Anderson, AJ Green situation, and those actions don't match up to those words. AJ Green shouldn't have been playing in that game against Minnesota. Look, let's call it like it is. I, I, you, you, we, there has to be a disconnect between the coaching staff and the front office. There has to be. Like there has to be. I mean, you bring in these players, and then they like they don't use them, or they don't play them, or you draft these guys, and you're going to wait two years before you play them. Like there's, there's got to be some disconnect. Seems like it, doesn't it? Like, yes. Seems I mean, like it. Cause, well, cause, I'm going to trade for Robbie Anderson, and then I'm not going to play him. Well, what the hell are you trading for yeah. him for? I'm going to buy that you couldn't get him ready for the Saints game. You traded for him like two days before the Saints okay. game. Okay, I'm going to buy right. that it, it was, okay, you didn't know the playbook, and you had limited packages for, okay, that that's fine. Man, you had the, the second best thing to an off week in the NFL to get him ready to play. You had the mini buy coming off of the Thursday night football game. Right. And he played seven snaps? How much has Trayvon Mullen played? They traded for him. Hardly at all. I mean, he's been hurt, but okay, but he's, hardly at all. But, like, they traded for him. Like, yeah. You know, and he wasn't playing. Like, I just, I think there's got to be some disconnect. Like, I'm going to bring these players in. These are good football players. And then you don't play them. Or you 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 limit the amount of, of action. Like, I mean, even last year with Zayvon Collins, he's our star today one. No, he wasn't. He didn't play. Yeah. Jordan Hicks played. Like, it's just, there definitely seems to be something, like, where they're not on, they, they need to be working together as a unit. Like, I'm going to bring this guy. Wow. 
saying, about. okay, that's a guy I'll, I, I'll, I will play that guy. Perfect if you example is the kicker situation, right? I, I mean, bringing back Matt Amendola. When the coach wasn't going to When the coach him. wasn't going to use him. Right. I'm not going to send him out there. I'm, we're we're going to go for it. I'm not going to. If I had that Prater, I'm kicking those field goals. I don't, so I'm not. Well, then why'd you bring him back? And why wasn't Unless that the coach said I'm not going to give? A, but then Rodrigo Blankenship comes in. They give him what was like a 50 yarder. Yeah, on his first, first, first possession. If I'm not mistaken, right, and right? he nails it. And, and so it, there's this this kind of. Again, this disconnect, that's the word we keep going back to. If you weren't going to use Matt Amendola from that distance, then why is he still on the roster? Why are you not going but to get another a, kicker, like, a different kicker, who you're going to yeah. use in a moment like now, that? I don't know if they've had these conversations or not, but you have to go to your head coach, the GM and the coach have to talk. Okay, this guy missed a big kick that could have helped us win a football game. We're going to bring him back next week. If you've got a 40-yard kick and it's third, fourth and four, you're going to kick it or go for it? I'm going to go for it because I don't trust him. I can't have that guy on the roster. Okay, I'll cut him. What about this guy? Like, you've got to... You know, you've got to have this this rapport with, with your head coach and GM. They've got to be on the same page. And there are times with certain players yeah. that you kind of feel like they're not. Texas, your thoughts, the FanDuel text line. It's always available to you during the Burns and Gambo show. You can text us at 620-620. So, you know this problem the Cardinals have with the play clock and getting the plays in on time? Yeah. Guess who doesn't have that issue? Um, Some audio you're going to want to hear next on the Burns and Gambo show. The Burns and Gambo Need to Know Twitter poll presented by Sanderson Ford. Eric Ruby is here with us with our Twitter poll question of the day. Suns beat Minnesota last night. Next up, they've got Portland. Chris Paul, very good in the fourth quarter, but overall, the numbers continue. It's it's a struggle for him to score the basketball. It wasn't in the fourth quarter last night. I kind of took that game over with about seven minutes to go. Struggle, uh, struggle to shoot the three. Struggle to shoot. The, he was one of one of five. five he made his last game. one. He yeah. was zero for four to start. Yeah. So Eric's here. He's got our Twitter poll question today, and it has to do with CP three. What you got for us, Roops? Well, we all know. Chris Paul is a great passer, but he also just hit 21,000 career points. The man could put it in the hoop, but this season, like you said, things are a little bit different. If Chris Paul is not a primary scorer on this team, how far can the Suns still go this season? That's a great question. You think they could still win it all without him putting it in the hoop? Or do they go to just the Western Conference Finals? It is a great question. Are they an early playoff exit? I don't know. I mean, I really don't know. But we're going to find out. Yeah. Because he's not a secondary scorer on this team anymore. So our three options are they can win it all. They can go to the Western Conference Finals. Early or, playoff exit. Or an early play. And the, the I first have no idea. First or second I have round. no idea. Um, I mean, I'll guess in an answer, but I don't know. I'll guess. I mean, obviously we'll have to wait and see Cam Johnson and Mikel Bridges and DeAndre Ayton, how much they pick up the scoring slack. Because maybe this might be one of those questions we, we revisit. We could ask it again in a few months, and I bet we would right, get totally an different answers. But what are your what's I your, think that they had to find out. And they are going to find out. So I'll go with the, I'm going to go with they can win it all. Because I think that this is what was necessary with the same roster. With the same roster, something had to change. And this is what had to change. The reliance on Chris as one of the most important scorers on the team had to change. And that allows for other guys to score so I love the question. I love the question. I'm going to go with they can win it all. I'm going to go with they can win it all, too, only because I think if I go with anything else, I'm saying it's impossible for them to win it all. And I don't I don't think it's impossible for them to win it all but with they may, what they've got. They might have a better chance this way than the other way, which, which sounds crazy because we've always been built on the 
you got to have the two star players yeah. playing at their best to win. It's just by answering the question that way, it's almost like I'm saying they're going to win it all. And I'm not saying that. I'm just saying they can win it all. It's so, possible. Yeah, it's possible. It's the possible they can. There. Yeah. Uh, so I'm gonna I'm gonna Man. say they can win it all. Yeah. This one overwhelming. Sixty four percent going with win it all. They're believing in the new look CP3, new look Suns. Twenty one point three percent in second place. We're dropping to the bottom. Early playoff exit and in last place with 14.6%. It's the Western Conference It's Finals. one of my favorite questions in a while. It's a really good question. Gotta give credit to Bernsey. That, that was, was a, that was a Bernsey original great, it's right It's a great there. question. It's a really great question because we're gonna find out. <laughs> we are. Chris Paul's not hitting any shots. He's not He's not their second gun. Now he can still probably at times take over in the fourth quarter, but they're definitely leaning on other players to pick up the, the scoring. We can revisit it maybe in a couple months. I, I, I like it. I, I absolutely like think so. That's a question that we could certainly ask again in January or February and see if it's any see if it's any different. Alright, you can vote on that right now on the Burns and Gambo Twitter page at Burns and Gambo. One word on Twitter is where you can find that. So, as, as we've told the story many times, Gambo will email stories to all of us. I'll email stories to all of us and we'll kind of build the show from that in terms of kind of what we saw and what You get an email eye. and you get an email and you get an email. We both had this in our email to the team, which means it's something we were definitely going to talk about probably a couple of times because it's just, it's so funny. And we're going to have Brock on the show as we always do during Seattle week. We haven't confirmed a day and a time yet, but we know Brock Heward from 710 Seattle is going to join us because he's our Seattle guy. <laughs> he was on the air. He was on the air with his co-host, Mike Salk a couple days ago and he was talking about you know what's nice about the Seahawks this year? Boy, they're really not struggling getting the playoff oh in time before God. the play clock expires. How are they getting to the line of scrimmage every single freaking play and ne- never even tempting the play clock? That's a good question. You tell me you've you've called uh, plays in a huddle. I know. Is I mean, it I, that hard? I don't see this thing so stripped down. Like that that's one way to do it. Like, okay, we're gonna strip it down, there's gonna be no motions, we're not gonna do personnel groups, we're gonna they be do very that all the time. That would be the answer. It's like, yeah, you just strip it down and call base plays and get to the line with 15 seconds. But that's not the deal. That's not the deal. What is yeah. the deal? They're still doing check with me. They're still getting the three tight ends. They're still doing motions. They're still getting the formations. They're still doing shovel pass. I mean, they're just it, it, the the level that those two are operating at is bl- it's blowing my mind. Yeah, the speed. The speed and the tempo. Play faster. Right when Holmgren used to yell at me, it wasn't always just in the play. It was, hey, come on, get in and out of the huddle. Faster, faster, faster. I want tempo. I want rhythm. I want you getting to the line and getting the, the cleats in the ground and the face mask forward of your linemen, your receivers. Everybody can do what they need to do. I just had to laugh. I had to laugh because he's because what he's saying is in years past it wasn't always like this. For Seattle, in years past they were struggling at the ball to play in. In years past it was that that play clock was grinding down to to next to nothing before they got the playoff, and he's not seeing any of that this year. And I'm reading the story probably the same way you are. Like, yeah, God, really, really of they, all the things for you to praise your team for, this is what it's going to be. So, how would you like to have an offensive coordinator that's been a tight ends coach? Uh, he has been a passing game coordinator. He's been a, a quality control coach. He's been offensive coordinator, passing game coordinator, quarterbacks coach, tight ends coach. I mean, wide receivers coach. This guy's been a wide receiver. He's done it all. Like he knows. The, the, 
Shane Waldron, the offensive coordinator for Seattle, is been a coach since he's been at Notre Dame since 2005. Always on the offensive side of the ball, working with tight ends, wide receivers, quarterbacks. He just has a really good feel for how do I get the quarterback comfortable in the offense so he can get there and not be stressed at the line of scrimmage worrying about what play to call. The alternative, says Brock Heward, is, and this is going to sound so familiar for your Cardinal fan, constant stress to get a playoff. Versus this constant stress in scramble mode. And oh my gosh, look at the play clock. Are they going to get the play clock off? Oh my gosh, we're going to have to burn a timeout. There's like none of it. It is so unbelievably refreshing. Oh, shut up. <laughs> shut, shut up, Brock. Oh, God. You don't want to second that out. I don't want Brock on a show this week if he's going to just be spewing that noise to us. Wow. Shut it. Wow. Shut I, it. Yeah. I'm I mean, kidding. listen. I love Brock. What's funny about it, and it's not even funny, it's just, it's. It's everything that's not going on here. Yeah. It's everything that's not happening right here. It, it, and it does, you know, I'm listening to you talk, and it does revisit, I think, somewhat the conversation. Remember the talk leading into the Saints game, the Thursday night game? Should they change play callers, right? They were coming off that horrible performance against Seattle, and there was a lot of talk. Cliff even acknowledged on Wolf and Luke, hey, if I got to step back from being a play caller, I'll step back from being a play caller. If this constant state of stress is a constant for the Cardinals, do we need to revisit that, right? We, we, need to, we need to have that conversation again, organizationally, if you're the Cardinals, about how can we make this a smoother, will it be a smoother, better operation if Whipple is the one calling the plays and not me? Can, can we be a little more organized? Can we not be putting constant Does stress have- and pressure? Okay, but does he have the leeway to change it? Okay, now I'll give you an example. Okay, this is from the New York Times the other day. When uh, when they refreshed the roster, the second-year offensive coordinator, Shane Waldron, overhauled the Seahawks' playbook. No longer obligated to tailor game plans around Wilson's strengths, weaknesses, and preferences, Waldron designed an unpredictable offense built around unorthodox formations. The Seahawks sometimes deploy three tight ends at the same time or align three teammates with, uh, with Smith in a diamond backfield. Such formations provide extra blocking on running plays and confound the opponent's coverage schemes, setting up big play opportunities for the team's only remaining veteran stars, Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf. They overhauled the whole thing. Does that have to happen here? An overhaul? We have to change the... this. Okay, this is not proving to be the dynamic offense that we thought you were going to get under Cliff Kingsbury. So there's two ways to go. Have somebody else call the plays and just see if it works because Cliff's not calling them, but it's all still Cliff's stuff. Mm-hmm. Or overhaul, overhaul it all the way Seattle did to create something that's new, different, and might be better suited for Kyler. Okay, off the top of my head, this is my honest answer. Yeah. I don't know if you're going to like this or not. I think in the short term, you don't have time to do the second option. No. So, so the, the second option is only available to you in the offseason, assuming Cliff is still the coach, in which I, I, I would agree a massive overhaul is what is needed, right? Okay, let's really think about truly the best way to deploy this, the best way to use this, the best way to construct an offense with what we've got. In the short term, I just don't think you have the time for that massive overhaul. If in the short term you get desperate, I think the easy, quick, hey, let's try it kind of thing is having Spencer 
Spencer Whipple call the plays. Just to see if the organization, not even so much that the plays are bad or that the, what they're running is bad. It is, it isn't. We can debate that. But just the nature in which the plays are getting brought onto the field, that's bad. We can all agree with that, there, right? We can all agree yeah. that that process seems to be functionally kind of broken right now and maybe a different play caller makes it easier. Look, real quick, five or six wins is going to be changes. People are going to want the head coach fired, but he's under a new five-year deal. Maybe he gets fired, maybe he doesn't. We always said it's Michael's money. The easy way out, okay, the easy way out is to say, we're going to have, your Cliff's going to still be the head coach, but he's not going to be the offensive coordinator. We're going to hire somebody else to call the plays. And maybe that alleviates some of the pressure off of everybody that wants Cliff fired. Maybe it doesn't. I'm not sure. But I think no matter what, if this team has a really bad season, there's going to have to be some sort of a change. When we come back, the two people that attempt to make the offense work at a high level, Cliff Kingsbury, Kyler Murray, both spoke about the struggles of just that today and a remarkable stat that perfectly sums up the season up until this point is next on the Burns and Gambo Show. Burns and Gambo. Afternoons 2 till 6 on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wednesdays around the Arizona Cardinals, it's Cliff and Kyler Day. It's the uh, day the head coach and the quarterback be with the media, answer questions about last week's game, the upcoming opponent, of course, with the Cardinals right now. There are so many questions about the state of their offense, why it's so discombobulated, why it's so tough getting play calls in. I mean, even things about it that were better over the weekend against the Vikings, whether it was D-Hop or Kyler going over 300 yards, it was still kind of a, a, a an effort of labor to watch them try to get plays off in a timely manner. Cliff, of course, as you would expect, was asked about that today, about their communication issues. He said this. You just have to execute at a higher level, like I talked about, on the road, you know, loud environment, communication, getting in and out of the huddle, me getting the play, call in faster. Um, the group effort that, that has to be better. And you play good teams on the road like that, you got to score touchdowns and not have plays like that show up. And, and so that will be worked on this week, and we got to be better against Seattle. Bingo. I got it now. Now I, I filled out my card. My Cliff Bingo card. I needed that one last quote and I got it. Bingo. I get it. I drink. win. Okay, did yep. you drink? Yeah, there's a heck of a football team. We'll keep working at it. I thought we executed well, but we need to get a better start. I need to be more consistent. I got I got it. I've, I've got bingo. All right. Yes, I finally won. How many bingo. sound bites will it take until he fully blacks out the bingo board? That's seriously. what I want to do, do we have the limoncello? No, seriously. Here? I, 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 I mean, because yeah, Gambo's got a drink, right? I, I mean, so. Yeah. I got, I'm serious. I got bingo. <laughs> I was waiting for that last sound from Cliff. I got Cliff bingo. Congratulations. We should all it. play at home. Cliff bingo. <laughs> what's, what's, what's it expecting you to do that? I was like, yes, I'm, I, I was I like, oh, my, you surprised me like I've that. I've had my card here. I'm filling it out. I was waiting to see which one of us would, you know, penalties got us off schedule. I don't have an explanation. I'll need to look at the tape. We all need to find a way to win. Felt like we had a chance. Um, <laughs> it's just the little things we need to fix. Here's one that might not be on your card. You got to give them credit. I'll be curious to see if it is. All right. Yeah. He, he brought up this stat today. They have been trailing 91% of the time. In the games that they've played so far, well, you just got to figure that out. Was that amazing? So, like I said, even still have a chance to be in it. Um, it's last in the league, and uh, we haven't been able to execute like we need to. And, and like I've said all along, when you're playing from behind that much, you don't even get into your game plan. You don't even really get to see what type of uh, team you have. I don't think so. We've we've got to be able to stay in these ball games. Got any bingo cards there to, to mark any spots? Ninety-one um, percent of the time. Ninety. I, I wasn't. We need to execute better on my on my bingo card. I wasn't aware of that. No, I mean, I, uh, that number sounds 
Right? Yeah. The numbers, we've all watched this team every single week with our, with our own eyes, our own brains. That sounds about right. 91% of the time they've been trailing in games, which means. Well, even in the was- last game, they had the lead for five seconds in that game. They yeah. scored a touchdown, they gave it right back. Yeah. They scored, like, they had it for five seconds. Yep. Hey, the Cardinals got there down 14-3. They come back, they get the lead, and then their defense gives it up. And it's, uh, you know, you, you know, how many times did we say on the Friday after the Thursday game against the Saints how refreshing it was for them to have a lead? To play with a lead. How refreshing it was for them to be up a couple of touchdowns. Sure, because they, they give should up play better with a lead. They, right. It's, it's okay if you give up some yards to the Saints. It's not going to kill you, right? You, you got a couple touchdowns. It's been, and, and that's why, you know, when we have these conversations about all these three and five teams and we lump them all together, you're not bullish on the Cardinals being very good. I'm not bullish on the Cardinals being very good. And the truth of the matter is, is that, yeah, they've had chances to win these games. They have so rarely played with the lead in any of them. It just doesn't feel like they've really actually been in any of them. Okay, you know? But, but, like, the first quarter of football games is when you're expected to build a lead. They haven't scored a touchdown in the first quarter of any of their football games. Nope, and we're halfway through the season. Right, halfway through the season, have a touchdown. You're obviously going to play from behind when you can't score a touchdown on all your scripted plays. Yep. Like, you every drive, no, no touchdowns. Like, you know, yeah. I mean, are we surprised that they're playing from behind in every game when they haven't scored a touchdown yet in the first quarter of a football game? No, we're not surprised. All right, so Cliff um, was asked, uh, back to the play calling, what's different calling plays this year versus past years? And a lot of it has to do with some of the huddling that they're doing. Now. I'm not sure. I, I don't remember um, exactly how it went in years past. I feel like it's been a pretty smooth operation, and for whatever reason, um, particularly the last two weeks, like I said, uh, we've definitely had some issues getting up there and getting called and being um, at the back end of that play clock. So we've addressed it, and you got to be better moving forward. Here's the cut I was looking for about huddling and whether he's wanted to huddle for a while. No, it was really with all the injuries at O line, and, and then you know having some new skill come in. I felt like it was uh, a chance for everybody. To to take a breath, talk through things, have a chance to think about it more, and, and try to execute. Is that what's gumming things up? The fact that they're huddling more? I mean, yeah, but I think been, he's but saying were... we've got new guys, right? You've got Rodney Hudson's out. Billy Price just got here recently. Um, Justin Pugh is out. You know, like we've got Eno Benjamin hasn't been a full-time guy. DJ Keontae was out, hasn't right. been. A, yeah, I mean, Robbie Anderson is new. Like, I think he's kind of saying, like, maybe the you know, huddling. Up. Now, you know, again, I mean, Kyler wasn't a guy that huddled up in college a whole lot. And Cliff wasn't a guy that huddled up in college. They like to play fast in college. And now all of a sudden you're saying, okay, let's huddle up. So those guys aren't really used to it. But I had no excuse. No. Like, huddle up or not, like, you know, you've got, I mean, you've got an internal clock. Like, you've got a certain amount of time to get the call in. you got a certain amount of time to explain the call to everybody, get lined up and with no questions, and run the play. Kyler was asked about it. Here's what he said. Kinda, you know, it's, um, let's get to see the O-line's face a little bit more, uh, talk to everybody, communicate. Um, I think, you know, we started against the Saints. I think everybody enjoyed it. Um, let's get on the same page, you know, uh, break the huddle, confidence, understand what we're trying to do. Um, you know, last game it was a little rowdy in there, so it was kind of tough to hear. But other than that, um, you know, it's been fine. And he was also asked about the wristband. This was kind of funny. Yeah, I haven't done that since probably. Uh, I think I did at AM. I think I did at AM, but. Uh, yeah, it was, it was. I mean, it's a big ass wristband. I was, it took up half my arm. So, uh, um, it was definitely. You know, once you get in the game, it wasn't any, you know, any different. But I didn't feel, you know, it kind of. I didn't feel too great about it the week leading up to the week. <laughs> 
So he didn't like it. I didn't sound, you know, I'm laughing. He didn't like I'm, it. I'm, sorry, I'm laughing about the big ass wristband comment, but mm-hmm. it doesn't sound like he liked it. Did didn't it? like it. So it sounded like he. I got the same vibe. Yeah, not really. Not really a fan. I don't know if it was an uncomfortable having it there, or I don't really need this. Right. Just give me the call in a, in a proper amount of time, and I'll relay it to everybody. Be fine. I don't need the wristband. I know what the plays are. Yeah, I've been here for four years. I know what the plays are. Here's one more on why he wore it. Just because it was loud. And just, you know, yeah, with the huddle, be able to communicate, stuff like that. Okay. So that so will, will he wear it this week? You're at home. I'm sure there's going to be plenty of Seattle fans here, but it won't be very loud. I, oh, I haven't, we haven't even thought about that. Oh, yeah. It'll be. I heard Bickley talking about it. This morning, now that they're winning, it's going to look like somebody vomited neon green all over that stadium this weekend. Yeah, in fact, Bickley even went so far as to look up hotel rooms in Glendale, and not even like nice hotel rooms, like hotel rooms, um, just kind of like three star kind of properties. He said they were going for like seven hundred dollars a night in Glendale, which kind of is an indicator that they're expecting a large crush of wow out of town visitors this weekend. Every time to rent out your house for the weekend. <laughs> I guess so. Yeah. I I've I mean we've we've seen that building in years past. We we saw it for the Eagles game. I mean there was green everywhere. I don't know that any fan base comes to Arizona with more fans than Seattle. Does seem like there's a lot, doesn't it? Well, I mean, you take every fan base. I mean, even like the New York, Chicago, Philly. Like you take all of the, you know, these teams that have diehard fan bases. I don't know that anybody supports their team in Arizona more than the Seahawks yep. do. And they're very easy to spot because they're all yeah. wearing that bright, yeah. bright, bright green. When we come back here on Burns and Gamble, Ugly the gold colors. Indeed, last night the Phoenix Suns proved, at least for a game, they don't need the best from their best to win. We'll talk about that next here on the Burns and Gamble Show on Arizona Sports.